Hey you, welcome to the Christian Life Coaching Podcast for Weight Loss. I'm so excited that you are here. Hey you and welcome back to the podcast. Super excited to talk to you today and to just reach out and meet my left brain thinkers where you are. I want to help you bridge the gap between how logically God can help you lose weight when the very idea of that thought, that statement defies all logic and reasoning in your heart. So I'm going to start by letting you know there's going to be a lot of scripture today. So if you want to write down the scripture, I encourage you to do so. So today we're going to talk about, you know, how, how, um, oh man, I'm having a microphone problem with my hair. Like, okay. Anyhow, I'm going to keep going. (laughs) Um, I want to talk to you about how even if you doubt that God can help you, even if you feel like there's no logic to God helping you lose weight, or you don't understand the connection between sin and um, eating food, you don't understand how to bring that all together so that you can get free out of your fat pants already, then this is going to be the episode for you. So I'm just going to dive in and we are going to start in scripture. I'm going to take you first to John 20, 24, where Jesus appears to the logic, left brain, reasonable thinker in the Bible named Thomas, right? Let's face it. When you're reading about doubting Thomas, don't you feel like he is a logical left brain thinker? Because he just didn't, he couldn't make that spiritual connection. Girl, this is going to be powerful. All right. So I'm just going to read it to you. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came to them. They told him, Thomas, we've seen the Lord. But he replied, I will not believe it until I see the nail wounds in his hands, until I put my fingers into them, and until I place my hand in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing with them. He was standing among them, and he said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound on my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. And Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. But blessed are those who believe without seeing me. The last few verses are pretty powerful. They say that the It goes on to say that the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. That's powerful to even imagine. But these are written so that you might continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. Okay, so now this is where I'm going to unleash a little bit of even in weight loss to you, because there's power in this. I have so many clients now in my weight loss program who are just stuck between the space of logic and reason. And I get that. I mean, in fact, I will be completely honest with you. Had someone come to me and said, you know, Sherry Capilla, you should write a weight loss program where you teach women to activate their faith, to change their lives 
from the inside out and to seek God and let their transformation become a powerful testimony for discipleship. I mean, I totally would have had no words for you. I would have thought, why? That doesn't even make sense, right? I had no idea that that's exactly what God was preparing me to do. That's totally what he was preparing me to do. When I was desperate to lose weight, I prayed to God for answers. And you know what? At that time, I did not know Jesus. I don't know if you can hear this or not, but my dog cannot lay down in his bed until he digs a hole. Does your dog do that? Like, I don't know if you can hear that. So when I was desperate to lose weight, I prayed to God for answers. I didn't know Jesus then. And I can't say that I was, like Thomas, a doubter, because I didn't know enough about Jesus to even believe, to even make a choice to believe. Though my actions, if I think back and I'm just being honest, my actions were not, were actually that of a doubter. I was going to say not that of, that of a Christian, but my actions were that of a doubter. Like I secretly doubted in the back of my mind. And somehow that day was, those, those years, was applying logic and reason. But when God spoke to my heart and he let me test his presence, I believed. Now, if you stay to the end, I'll tell you how I had an encounter with God. And I'll tell you about my testimony and how it led to me becoming a Christian life coach for weight loss and all the things. So that'll be at the end. So then when I had an encounter with God and he let me test his presence, I believed in that moment without seeing. I believed because I was convicted. And that is when God started his work in me via the Holy Spirit. My desire to be who he had intended for me to be grew and progressed, and I started to have the fruit of a Christian life to show for it. But this this is not everybody's experience. Some of us are so smart and we do amazing things because of the way that God blessed us with brilliance, with logic and reasoning. But coming to God and weight loss requires laying that down. It requires trusting with your heart. It's like the whole right brain, left brain dynamic is at play here. You almost have to use your right hemisphere to step into spiritual growth and maturity if you are dominantly left brained. I mean, left brain, left brain, right brain, I can't even say it. So no brain, left brain, right brain, brain, that whole theory is not even biblical. But I think it applies, right? Like for a lot of us, if we're incredibly logical, that might be why we're having a hard time bridging the gap. And the gap is you switching to your artsy side. Like you have to go to the other side. Does that even make sense? Hopefully that makes sense to you. When we seek God and we lay down dieting, it means we apply God's laws to weight loss, where we used to apply just human laws and dieting rules and all of those things. God tells us in his word that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And this means you can actually, believe it or not, be obedient to your meal plan. You can look at a meal plan and say to yourself, I can lose weight on this plan, but I must apply biblical principles to the journey because they still apply even in weight loss. It's hard for some of us. Um, It's hard for some because they slip into their head thinking and seeking God in weight loss is all about heart thinking. Like you cannot approach this with your head. This has to be all with your heart. In fact, James 4.17 says, it's the very nature, it's the very definition of sin. 
when you know what you should do and you don't do it, that is sin to you. And 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And Romans 12, 1 says that we are urged to offer our body as a living sacrifice. Roman 8, Romans 8, 9 goes on to say, it tells us that we're to be controlled by we're not to be controlled by our sin nature because we are controlled by the Spirit of God if we have the Spirit of God living inside of us. And that is where your strength, your power, and your authority comes from. And from this knowing, because now I told you, so now you know it, you have what you need to trust and believe that you can lose weight by simply applying God's Word to every single area of your life. Your food choices are not exempt. So let me ask you, is eating a cupcake on your birthday while trying to pursue, you know, while trying to lose weight and being on a meal plan and seeking God for help, is eating a cupcake on your birthday a sin? Well, you tell me. Because based on what James 4.17 says, what do you think it is? If you are applying God's word and you are working toward a goal of obeying a new pl- new meal plan, is cheating on it a part of the plan? No. This is where you apply James 14 to your weight loss journey. As Christians, we are transformed because we believe in him. That means not doing everything the world's way or according to logic and reasoning, right? Like, do you get that? Do you see what I'm saying? We can do all we need to do once we start living and seeing with our eyes of faith, and then walking in faith, not in our flesh. Because our flesh, I'll be honest with you, is exactly how most of us, all of us probably, get stuck in our fat pants. To do God's work, to let the Holy Spirit progress us in this life, we need to receive and apply the Spirit's guidance and power. We have to stop trying to do it in our own strength. Our own strength isn't enough. Our own strength is what made us fat. We know that we're too weak, right? To have God's power inside of you, he's given you what you need to succeed and to do his will in your life, not your will. Do you really think his will is for you to be overweight and unhealthy and maybe even depressed from that and to be living in doubt and defeat because you're mastered by food? I'm going to tell you right now, boldly, no. His plan is to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future, to make you like his son, Jesus Christ. I mean, that is just from Jeremiah 29, 11. His breath, God's breath, brought you to life. And with his in-breathing came the power to do his will on earth. And I will add to that even in weight loss. Now, when we come back from this break, we're going to talk a little bit about how to activate and see Jesus's power, even in weight loss, right after this. All right, welcome back. All right, so I don't know if I said this at the beginning or not, but this is going to be a longer episode. We're halfway through, so I hope you'll hang with me to the end. So you don't have to see Jesus in order to believe. You just have to believe to see his power. I know that believing without seeing is how I actually lost the weight. 
I just believed and then I obeyed and then I applied his word to every single area of my life. There are so many things that I was sinning in that I just dropped like a hot potato. Some of them I held on to a little longer, but I want you to know that that's exactly how I lost my weight. I defied all the logic and reasoning, threw it out the window, stopped going to the gym, stopped dieting, stopped making the smoothies. I stopped doing all of the things that this world told me. And instead, I did what the Spirit was leading me. I I decided to stop trying to follow the Spirit's lead and instead to just follow the Spirit's lead, which meant I had to ask my ego to get out so that I could just focus on what God was, was having me do. I just believed and obeyed and I applied his word to every single area of my life. But my unbelief, but my unbelief led me to belief. And that is how doubt can help us. Okay. So let's talk about that. My unbelief, my inability to see God as the truth, as the light, the way, all the things, my inability to believe, my unbelief, dare I say my doubt led me to belief. Some people just need to doubt or to question this logic in their hearts until they can be, until they can override their heads. Like it takes a while for them to switch from right to left hemisphere thinking. And then that is when they can believe. And that's okay. Jesus, Jesus even forgave Thomas and doubting can lead to questions and questions can lead to answers. And if answers are accepted, then doubt has done a good job. Don't you agree? I mean, that is just a powerful revelation for somebody. It's only when doubt leads to, and this this might be a moment of, of conviction for somebody, but it's only when doubt leads to stubbornness and stubbornness becomes a prideful lifestyle that doubt can harm your faith. Like when you are perpetually just too stubborn to defy reason and logic, that's when it becomes you walking in your pride and thinking that you know better than God. I mean, no. And that's when doubt can actually start to harm your faith because that's when we compartmentalize God. We put him in a box and we're like, you know what? He's fantastic to, you know, help me get a new job. He's fantastic to help heal my friend of cancer but he's not going to help me get thin. That's vain. No, it's not. Like I read to you about Jeremiah 29, 11. God wants, God is a God of restoration. He wants to heal you, but you have to get out of your way and stop applying logic and reasoning. You have to be careful because doubt, though it can lead to good things, can also damage your faith. Let instead, let doubt deepen your faith as you seek to lead with your heart. Now, we're nearing the end, so hang with me just another minute or two. In John 20, 29, Jesus said, You believe because you have seen me, but blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Don't wait for your heart to catch up with the logic in your head. From your source of strength in your spirit, Make your head get in alignment with your heart knowledge. Jesus' words go on to tell us that that it goes on in this scripture here. Jesus' words tell us that that is when you are blessed. In verse 31, John 20, 31, Jesus says that by believing, 
you will live by the power of his name. Oh, I just got to read that again. But these things, all of these um, wonders and these miracles have been written and they they're written in the Bible for believers um, so that you would believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. That power is available to you even in weight loss. Psst, you still there? All right, I want to share my testimony with you. I mentioned in the earlier in the broadcast that I had a testimony to share about how God kind of woke me up and how it was that I came to be who I am today. Um, so let's see, where was I? Let's, I was talking to you about how God spoke to my heart and let me test his presence. Okay, this is powerful. This was back at the very beginning. So I don't know, six or seven years ago, I was completely in the world. I thought I was a Christian. You know, I went to church as a little girl and, you know, I was dedicated at church and, but it was always, it was really just a social outlet. I was just there to, you know, hang out and not have to clean the kitchen at home. Um, and so I didn't have a relationship with God at all. In fact, I didn't know much about the Bible at all. Even though I might've led on and I might've known a few things about the Bible, I was, I was in the new age movement. And I was completely seeking all of the things of this world. And you know what? I was suffering the consequences because every single thing that I was worshiping and doing left me empty and void. At that time, I was studying, I'm going to be honest, Buddhism and Hinduism. And I was doing yoga and thinking all of these things were completely harmless. And I was trusting in a diet. And I was incredibly vain and prideful and doing all of the things for the wrong reasons. And I was stuck in my fat pants and I I was at my heaviest I don't even remember how old I am because that's math and I'm not left-brained um, but I remember being depressed and praying and I was a journaler even then um, you know if you're not in the seekers method you don't know but I advocate and teach women how to journal on their weight loss journey but even though so there I was I remember this day so vividly I had a, I had a home office with a big beautiful window and I was sitting there and I was journaling and I wrote out the prayer God please show me how to lose weight and as soon as I wrote that I heard in my heart him say to me you haven't found it yet because you haven't written it and I thought to myself I am losing my mind okay because I am a technology project manager in corporate America, and I'm not about to write a weight loss program. I can't even do weight loss programs. I couldn't even get people to join me doing exercises and making smoothies to lose weight. Because guess what? I could not lose the weight. And I was at my heaviest. And I had prayed that prayer to him. And I was on a cocktail of antidepressants. And I'm not embarrassed to say that I was, in, I was totally depressed because I was stuck in my fat pants. I couldn't get out. I couldn't stop eating the foods. I couldn't stop drinking the wine. I was so depressed and on this cocktail of antidepressants that at night I was still drinking. I was drinking alcohol because the antidepressants weren't doing anything in fact I thought that they were actually causing me to gain more weight and I couldn't even stop taking them it was so bad that I remember working from home and around one o'clock like totally craving white wine and I had a home office at that time thank god I didn't do anything about it um, but I asked him for help and that's when he told me I hadn't written it yet and I thought all right I'm losing my mind he then went on to say ask me any question and I'll tell you the answer. And I thought, okay, 
I don't know what's happening. I cannot tell Harry this, but I think I'm hearing voices. <laughs> I need to get off of these antidepressants. Um, and I knew that, you know, I was losing my mind. And so I thought to myself, what does that even mean? Why would I think that? And I heard it again, ask me any question and I'll tell you the answer. And I thought to myself, you know, when I was there sitting down at 40 or 41 years old, um, I thought to myself, well, there kind of isn't anything I don't know the answer to, right? Because I have life figured out, like, you know, total right thinker, right brain thinker. And I just didn't give it any thought. I do know this. Harry came home from work and I did not tell him that I thought I heard God speak to me because at that time, I really didn't think it was God. I really thought that it was like my angel guide or whatever, uh, my spirit animal, whatever I thought at that time. That night I went to bed and this is where it gets good. I promise. And it's almost over. So you don't have to all the things. Anyhow, that night I went to bed and I heard the same voice in my heart and it's not an audible thing. It's a knowing thing. And I heard the voice ask me in my heart, um, so what's your question? And I thought, ooh, I haven't thought about my question. I don't know what my question is. And I thought, aha, I do know the question because this is the truth of where I was on my spiritual journey at that time. This was my question. I said, okay, you know, God or voice in my head. I don't know the difference between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. I don't. I don't know the difference. And that's when he spoke to me and he said, I'm Jesus Christ, the Lord of the land. Actually, I said, I don't know the difference between God, Jesus, and the Lord. I didn't say Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, and the Lord. I didn't know the difference. And he said, I'm Jesus Christ, the Lord of the land. I know this sounds crazy. The Lord of the land. I walked on the land just like a landlord is on the land. I'm Jesus Christ, the Lord of the land. You guys, I sprung out of my bed. I ran downstairs to my husband who knows all things Bible, all things Jesus, because he actually went to church to learn and to, you know, be a good Christian. And I looked at him and he looked at me in surprise thinking, why are you up? And I looked at him and I said, Harry, is Jesus the Lord? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, why? <laughs> and I said, he just told me that. You guys, I never knew. I never knew based on where the comma was, Jesus, God, and the Lord, what that meant. And that was my testimony of how from that day on, I've never been the same. I've, I've never been the same. And I'm so thankful that he spoke to my heart. So there you go. I hope you guys, you know, got a little bit of joy out of that.